0: Welcome
2: to Word Bomb, a TVO podcast.
0: I'm Pippa Johnstone. And I'm Karina Palmatesta. And this week, we'll be talking about a word that hasn't yet cracked any formal dictionaries.
2: But you might have seen it still in headlines, op-eds,
0: Urban Dictionary, Wikipedia. That word is renoviction, and it's picking up steam. Karina, what does renoviction mean? So renoviction refers to the situation where all the tenants in a building are evicted, on the grounds that there's going to be a large-scale renovation. Mm -hmm. And of course, that renovation means that rent rises dramatically and often forces the previous tenants to look elsewhere for housing. The word
2: originated in British Columbia, and it's creeping across Canada and crossing international borders the word got its start in Vancouver, actually, my hometown, and also the city where Karina and I first met in our undergrad. Mm -hmm. So naturally, we were really interested in investigating.
0: Mm -hmm. And not just that, but since it's such a new word, it's a really cool opportunity to talk to the person who made it up.
2: Yeah. And, well, we found her. Her name's Heather Pauzzi.
3: We used to have people in the building who moved in when it was built in the 30s, people who had been here 50, 60 years. So it's a very special building in many, many ways. But I think the biggest thing is that it's community.
2: That's Heather, an opera singer and a longtime resident of the Seafield Apartments, a 14-unit low-rise brick apartment building in the west end
3: of Vancouver. Anybody moves into the building, hello, we're the Seafield, we're your neighbors. Uh, Do you want to be added to the building list? Because we have an email list. We just had our annual holiday party in the hall. It's just this massive smorgasbord, you know, BYOB, and we've worked with the church next door, and we've planted grass. And then Canada Day, like, everybody who used to live in the building who's moved out, like, comes back. We have this massive O Canada sing, and we have huge Halloween. We decorate the building like crazy for Halloween, and all the neighborhood kids come. Like, it's just a very social, it's community.
0: Have you ever lived in a place like
2: that? I've lived with roommates, but never in a situation like that.
0: Yeah, I've never lived in a building that had such a strong sense of community. Never, Mm -hmm. no. I've lived in low-rises, and often I don't even know my neighbors across the hall. Just nothing. I know. Yeah. I know.
2: Oh, that's so sweet. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) But back in 2008... That building, the Seafield Apartments, was the battleground of what turned out to be a two and a half year long dispute to fight a steep rent hike that was disguised as a renovation. So here's Heather describing getting the news that everyone in the Seafield had to vacate.
3: They came into our building and said that they were going to renovate the apartments and that we would all be evicted because there was no way that uh, we could stay. And then they were going to double or triple the rents and, well, really. There was no way that any of us were going to be able to afford the new rents. And, you know, we actually had to request several times that they have a a meeting with us, which one of them, one of the then owners, did come and met with us all in an apartment upstairs. And they left and we all just sat around in absolute shock, you know, like if somebody had exploded a bomb. And then we went, no, I don't think so.
2: (laughs) It's amazing how hard they fought back. I know multiple people in Vancouver who were renovicted, and a lot of the time people just take it.
0: Yeah, same. I know people who have been renovicted in Toronto, too, and that seems like the common response. I think the difference at the Seafield was that it's such a tight-knit community that people were already talking together, they were already feeling like a unit, and so they organized. And if you're living somewhere and feeling isolated and you don't know your neighbor's names or how they're reacting to this bombshell which I'd say is pretty typical of modern day apartment buildings, like Mm -hmm. we were saying before, I can completely see feeling hopeless and deserted and not knowing whether it's even possible to fight. Totally, and
2: Heather told me about how they had building meetings. They had legal committees, political lobbying committees, a media committee, even a website. They pulled out all the stops. Exactly, fighting this rent eviction was a huge undertaking. And the word reneviction sprang out of that really intense time way back in 2008. Here's Heather with the origin story of how she created the word.
3: I teach two days a week at Capilano University, and I was so sleep-deprived and stressed out months into this fight, and my students, you know, I was tell- telling them about what was happening, and one of them said to me one morning, well, what exactly is going on in your bill? Like, what are you... And I, I was thinking... Renovation and eviction. They're trying to evict us for renovations. And I just came out, they're trying to renovate us. And I went, wait a sec, that is exactly what they're doing. I think it was two or three days later, um, the Globe and Mail came to do an article. And I can't remember who wrote that story, but that reporter picked up on, the, on my term and used it in an article. And then the next thing we know, it started popping up on the internet on various word sites and etymology sites. And someone credited it to the Globe and Mail reporter. And a lot of people who knew went, no, actually, it was coined by this woman who lives in this building who's undergoing this trauma. And that's, that's how it happened.
2: Ah, That's so cool to hear the actual moment when a word was created.
3: Yeah.
0: You don't get to hear that origin story every day. And it's a great example of a really necessary new word. Like she's fighting this legal battle for over two years. She must be explaining the situation again and again and again Mm -hmm. to everyone in her life, to the media. And it's pretty unwieldy to say we're getting evicted because of renovations over and over. Totally. And the two words just happen to fit so neatly together. (laughs) And it kind of makes you wonder whether it was inevitable. Like, if not Heather, then someone would have made the same slip of the tongue for the same reason and created this portmanteau.
2: Totally. Okay, so you've said it's a portmanteau, like a brunch?
0: Yeah, or a brangelina. Yeah. <laughs> a portmanteau is a blend of two words to create a new meaning. So in this case, renoviction is a blend of the word renovation and eviction. Can I ask why our word for that? portmanteau is so French? Uh, Yeah, so it has a bit of a winding story to it. It does come from French, uh, porté, to carry, and manteau, a coat. Uh, That word in French meant a place to hang up coats or umbrellas or hats. Oh! Um, But portmanteau became a loan word in English for a type of suitcase that you open in two equal sections on each side. Whoa. And then the first mention in English of portmanteau in the brunch, brangelina sense, Mm -hmm. instead of the suitcase sense, is actually thanks to Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll, like... Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll? Exactly. It was actually in Through the Looking Glass. Did you ever read that one? Oh, totally. Yeah. Do you remember when Alice finds the the book and there's a poem in it called The Jabberwocky? Yeah. Yeah. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you look so happy.
2: My mom always recites
0: The Jabberwocky. <laughs> that's, that's adorable. Yeah. Uh, so to people who haven't read uh, or been read Through the Looking Glass, uh, she finds this book she can only read it by reflecting the page with a mirror, oh. and it's full of nonsense words that she doesn't understand, so Humpty Dumpty tries to explain all the words to her. Mm-hmm. So the first stanza goes like this. "'Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe, all mimsy were the burrow groves, and the mome-wraths outgrabe." It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> And Humpty Dumpty says to her, well, slithy means lithe and slimy. You see, it's like a portmanteau. There are two meanings packed up into one word.
2: (gasps) Wait, like Humpty Dumpty is the first character to ever use the word portmanteau as a linguistic term. Exactly. Like the two halves
0: of the suitcase, right? He's explaining it. Oh. Yeah. Lewis Carroll actually came up with a bunch of very cute words like chortle. I didn't know about this, but chortle is from the same part in Through the Looking Glass, and it's a blend of chuckle and snort.
2: I did not know that. I know.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so glad that he put a name
2: to this concept, because we do it so much now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of wild how often we make up portmanteau and how casually, and I don't know exactly why it's so popular, but I feel like it has something to do with how it's So pithy and witty and great for things like advertising or hashtags. This idea of mobilizing a concept fast in a way that's immediately understandable. Mm -hmm. Like even if you don't know the word renoviction, if you hear it used in context, you can guess what it means.
2: You can kind of parse it out. Mm -hmm. And Heather said something similar when we spoke about that moment that she first came up with the word.
3: There's there's power in the word. When you put a name to it, there's a feeling of relief. I know what I'm dealing with. There's nothing worse than not knowing. At least you have something concrete and specific that you can stand on, and you can start to strategize. It's odd now, ten years later, to look around and just see the word being used in Kelowna or Toronto or like whatever, it's just become a part of the language. I hope no one ever, ever has to go through what we went through. But to have something that is so succinct that everyone understands that shines a light on this practice, that is one positive and useful outcome.
0: Positive and useful in many ways, because uh, Pippa, you looked into how Heather and the Seafield residents' court case actually succeeded in changing residential tenancy law in B.C. Totally. For example, one change they made applied to the rental increase cap. Oh, the amount that a landlord can increase the rent every year.
2: Yeah. So in most cities, that's like 2 to 4%. In Vancouver, it used to be that a landlord could apply to the residential tenancy branch to up that percentage if the unit that they were renting out was going for less than other similar units in that geographical area. Mm-hmm. But the burden of proof always fell to the tenants. So when Heather and her team were fighting their run eviction, they had to go door to door in their neighborhood asking people how much they paid in rent to prove that it was comparable to theirs. Oh,
0: that sounds so awkward.
2: (laughs) Right? I definitely wouldn't want to do that. No. But the Seafielders fought for this to be changed and won. So that loophole at least was closed. So that's good at least. Yeah. So that's Vancouver, which as recently as June of 2018, was tied with Toronto as the most expensive place to live in Canada. Mm. That was according to Mercer's most recent cost of living survey, which they do every year. And in Vancouver, sadly, the word
0: renoviction has entered common usage. Right. You can use it. Very casually, and people will know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, but when I moved to Toronto only a few years ago, I noticed that even though the same phenomenon was happening, the word renoviction was used less.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that as well. People here don't use it as much. No. Or at all, really.
2: Like, I worked with a guy in Toronto who was going through this, and he said, I'm being evicted via renovation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He could be saving so much time. (laughs) I know, I
2: should pass off the word to him. In the news in Toronto, you do see the word renoviction in headlines, but it's always followed by a little explainer paragraph or it's put in quotations. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in the media, protests, and even in the legislature. And the word is a really great way to group all these different experiences from across the country and beyond.
1: Who said that they are forcing people out of his building and jacking up rent prices after making minimal cosmetic changes to the building. This activity has recently been coined renovictions.
3: While well, there are some tenants in communities across B.C. facing issues like unfair rent hikes, or what is known as rent eviction
1: The Premier had an opportunity to support NDP amendments to Bill 124 that would have closed loopholes that allow unethical landlords to use renovictions to force out tenants so they can jack up the rent.
2: I wanted to track the way that the word has migrated from Vancouver to Toronto, so I reached out to Chris Siddiqui a comedian and actor living in Toronto. So I first heard about Chris when his renoviction story was reported in the Toronto Star. Chris is an actor on the CBC show Baroness Von Sketch and his wife, Aurora Brown, is one of the show's creators. So Aurora, Chris, and another creator of Baroness Von Sketch were living in a four-story apartment building on College Street when they were renovicted in 2016.
1: The great thing was this uh, elderly gentleman from Scarborough, he had owned it for a very long time, and he had this great deal with the tenants in the building of just, I'm going to keep the rent low, and because I live so far away and I'm so old, would you guys mind taking care of the building? And so we all started doing that, and I think from that, all the units, we we built like a really great, tight-knit community, if not family. We were all fixing each other's stuff, watching each other's kids, seeing each other's in the hallway and just treating each other like, okay, see you soon, going over for tea, dinner. So it was just like a great sense of family and community there.
0: Sounds a lot like Heather talking about the Seafield, that strong sense of community that's so hard to find these days.
2: Totally. It's so rare. Mm -hmm. And another benefit to having that lower rent that Chris talked about, which hits close to home for both of us, I think, is that it made it so much more possible for him to pursue a career in the arts, Mm -hmm. in acting
0: and comedy. Yeah, I had actually a similar situation uh, for a couple years in Vancouver, Mm -hmm. where I was living in this really old house with an elderly landlord who wasn't really bothered about making heaps of money. And uh, he gave us a huge break in our rent. And I remember saying to my roommate, it's like... An arts grant from heaven, like it, I could sort of pursue a few creative things that weren't making as much money because I had this, this uh, little unicorn house in oh. Vancouver for a little, a little while.
2: And they had it for a little while too. And look how well they did with it, right? Yeah, Chris had similar experiences.
1: This was like a hub of, of artists too, like photographers, makeup artists, writers, comedians. We all live there. We've all created stuff there. So it wasn't just the ability to have a really nice place at really low rent. It was, look at the stuff that we can do because it's low rent. Holy moly, like, because we had the space, we could run rehearsals out of there. We could run shows out of there. We could run, like, gallery showings and stuff. It's one of the most charming, uh, most individual, awesome places I've ever lived in my life. Just a gorgeous place. It was so filled with charm and personality.
2: How long have they lived there? At one point, Chris and his
0: wife had lived there for almost 10 years. Oh, wow. I've I've never stayed anywhere for 10 years. Not
2: even remotely Not close. Not even close, yeah. Nobody gets to stay anywhere for 10 years anymore. <laughs> even their their kid was born there at the time, so they spent those like early days of his life there.
0: And then... The building got sold. Never a good sign. Exactly.
1: Our building was sold because the sweet old man that owned our building was... And rightfully so... Old and wanted to get rid of it. He wanted to take care of his wife. But he sold the building, which again had eight units, for $1.5 million, which is crazy absurd because a house around the corner went for $1.3, $1.2 million. So these guys got a steal.
0: That is a seriously good deal they got. Yeah, like
2: shockingly good.
0: Uh And two years
2: after that sale is when the trouble really started.
1: Then there was eviction notices. My, I have a family member moving in. I'm moving in. Two units got the same eviction notice. I'm moving in in both of them. And we were like, wait a minute. How can one dude be moving in in both of them? What they really wanted to do was just get us out of there. So then it was, we have to come in and put shoring in your units. And what shoring is, it's like bracing against the wall, like these giant two-by-fours against the wall because the building's off-level, and they want to pour in concrete floors to make it all fancy now. So that's when it kind of came down to the fact that, like, we got to get out of there.
2: Chris said he didn't even know the word renoviction before he went through the experience firsthand.
1: It was it was automatically sort of tacked onto the situation that we were going through. And at first it felt weird coming out of our mouths, like, renoviction, come up. It really, like, guffawed at the word, because it was like, oh, <laughs> renoviction. But then as more and more became reality, we were like, Oh yeah, we were renovicted. Like it sounds like as hilarious as brunch sounded when that was first invented, renoviction sounded the exact same way. What a silly combo of these two words that already exist. But also like, oh okay, let's save time and just say exactly what's happening. This is a renoviction.
0: Isn't it sad that the word is spreading? One reneviction victim at a time. Oh, that should be another portmanteau. Renovictum. Renovictum. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Nailed it.
2: Nailed it. (laughs) Right? Like, if people are only learning the word when they or their friend experiences it, what does Mm -hmm. it say for this, like, massive spread of the word?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So how did they find out that they were actually being kept out of their house? So after they
2: got evicted, one of their neighbors in the building ended up renting a place right across the street. So he had the perfect bird's eye view of <sighs> what was going on. Yeah. So first he sees all the construction trucks coming and going, and then he sees the moving trucks.
0: Like new people actually moved straight in.
2: Yeah. And they even found their apartment building, their suites that they lived in for 10 years, listed on a rental site. Jeez. And the suites were all refurbished, mm-hmm. but for rent at almost four times the price that Chris and his neighbors had been paying. Four times. Almost, wow. yeah. Yeah. And just like Heather and her team at the Seafield, they lawyered up and they decided to fight back. And that fight has lasted now almost three years. Mm-hmm. And they've spent those years in lawyer meetings, collecting paperwork, going to the landlord-tenant board, talking to reporters, preparing for their cases, oh. waiting, waiting, waiting. Yeah, yeah. Here's Chris talking about how much time he spent at the Toronto Landlord and Tenant Board for hearings.
1: And now we've, we've gone so many times and it's taken so much time out of our life to do this that it's become like... You know, we joke now that there should be a VIP section and we should be ushered to the VIP section. And be Like, oh, you know the place? Like, we know where all the outlets are in the waiting room. We know, like, where the bathrooms are. We know, like, the local restaurants around the area because we spend so much time, like, taking breaks and then coming back. And so it's it's a very long, arduous process.
0: It's like... They're trying to bore you into submission.
2: A hundred percent. Just like frustrate you Uh until you give up. Yeah. It's not like the landlord and tenant board is against the tenant, not by any stretch, but it's especially annoying in this case because it should be cut and dry. Because Chris and his neighbours practiced the first right of refusal when they were evicted.
0: And the first right of refusal is... So
2: this is a law in Ontario's Residential Tenancies Act that works to protect tenants from rent eviction. So... It says that a tenant who receives notice of eviction for the purpose of renovations has the right to move back in after those renovations are complete. At the same rent that the landlord could have charged if there had been no interruption in the tenancy, no renovations.
0: Yeah, that seems so straightforward. Just such a clear way of preventing this kind of thing from happening to people like Chris.
2: It would, but remember that those new tenants had moved in. Oh, so they can't be evicted. Exactly. New tenants are also entitled to certain protections under the Residential Tenancies Act.
1: What's funny about that now is that the landlord and tenant board goes, "Oh, we've never dealt with this." So we actually can't evict people now. We don't have the jurisdiction to evict those new tenants because they rightfully da da da. So it's like, "Well, what's this? What's the point of the rule then?" And they can't – it's not even a quick fix. It's like, oh, my God, you broke the law. You can't get those people out of there. Landlord and tenant board is like, no. Oh, geez. Well, you look at that. I, ca- I guess I can't – oh, well, this is a pickle. Okay, let's talk about this more, people. Let's have hearing after hearing that lasts for hours and hours. So it's insanely ridiculous.
0: Ah, that would be so frustrating. The landlord and <laughs> tenant board can't uphold its own laws.
2: Yeah, and years into it, and they're still fighting. I – I hate to say it, but I don't think I'd have the patience for it.
0: Well, it's patience and it's also resources. It's mm-hmm. time. It's money, which definitely not everyone has.
1: It's like if we can make some friggin' headway in the way that like people live their lives in this city. Because it's only getting worse. So we're still going to fight. I feel like, you know, like the Starks in Game of Thrones, winter shall be coming. We don't know when the hell is coming, but we'll keep fighting because something's coming. I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I so hope that they succeed. It's so clear that we need some pretty big changes if we want the city to have housing for its artists, its families, its young people. Yeah,
0: or its people who make a normal wage, period. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> unfortunately, yes. Yeah. But in the meantime, the word continues to spread, even outside of Canada. You can find references to the word in tons of other urban centers in North America, and Mm -hmm. even in Sweden. Oh, Sweden, really? Yeah, Swedish tenants facing the same phenomenon have picked up the English word, renoviction. It was even the title of a housing study there.
0: It's great how just one word can collect all of these different experiences under one roof and kind of crystallize this problem that has been so common in so many cities around the world. And it all started in Vancouver. Thanks to Heather Pauzzi. Thanks, Heather. Well, Karina, shall we leave it there? Yeah, I think so. This has been an episode of Word Bomb, a TVO podcast. Word Bomb is produced by me, Pippa Johnstone. And me, Karina Palmatesta. Huge thanks, as always, to Hannah Sung, Manager of Podcasts at TVO, mm-hmm. as well as all those at TVO who helped to get this show to your ears, including Caitlin Plummer, Matthew O'Mara, Kara Stern, Keith Lennox, Remy Michael, and his team. Thanks for the technical help.
2: You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You can also follow us on TVO's Facebook and Twitter. Just use the hashtag WordBomb. We are also
2: on Instagram, at WordBombPodcast and at tvo.org wordbomb, where we will always be posting extra resources.
0: Today's show was recorded in the Allen Slate Studios at Ryerson University in Toronto, Ontario. On the traditional territories
2: of the Wendat, the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, Métis, and the Mississaugas of the New Credit
0: First Nation. Thanks for listening.